we're getting hundreds of orders from around the world. And we're just kind of in our apartment, just like putting, you know, cards and popples in these envelopes, all doing it manually. And we're just stuffing them into boxes, driving to USPS, dropping them off, coming back. And it was just, it, it was, um, it was exciting, but it was also, you know, you know quite hard to manage. We, we didn't have the, um, the heat, the infrastructure to kind of handle this scale yet. What's up, Mindset fam, and thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Mindset Podcast. Today, we had the honor and privilege of talking to Jason Alvarez-Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of Popple. Have you ever been at an event and run out of business cards to give out? As technology continues to advance, some tricks of the trade just don't catch up. Until now. Jason and his co-founder wanted to revolutionize the way people network and share information, and that's exactly what they did with Popple. Popple is a device packaged as either a phone sticker, keychain, or wristband that uses NFC technology to make sharing contact information as easy as using Apple Pay. To date, Popple has sold somewhere over 700,000 units and has generated well over $2.7 million in sales for its digital business card technology. In this episode, we dive deep into Jason's story and he admits that the startup world isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Stay tuned. Thank you again, Jason, so much for uh, for logging on with us. You are um, a very unique person. You have a very unique brand, very unique product, and we are eager to know and to learn more about it and your story. But before we get to that, we have a warm-up question that we want to know. And UCLA is your alma mater. You went to UCLA for college, um, and they have a reputation for being a very big and passionate sports school. So I'm really eager to know who is your favorite sports team or even player? Um, let me know. Are you a sports guy? Yeah. So more I have a favorite player, uh, and that favorite player was Kobe Bryant, um, just because I loved his mindset. Yeah. Uh, you know, mindset podcast. Let's go. I loved his mentality, <laughs> um, and I like. I really liked how he approached the game, mm. um, and I kind of you know tried to uh, encompass that in my in my work and my. Uh, career as well mm-hmm. so Kobe Bryant is my favorite player of all time and I used to watch him just every single game and I loved the Lakers at that time mm. now not as much mm. but I'd say <laughs> that you know my, my team is still still the Lakers uh, and I also like the Nets now I really like Kevin Durant mm. uh, just love his style of play mm. tough game right the Nets lost the other day yeah tough I know tough game I was, I was pretty disappointed yeah that's terrible yeah. Jason did you play sports did you play basketball so I played soccer uh, oh. All through high school. Okay, so you're a soccer yeah. player. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a tall guy. I'm 6'3", but I ended up going the soccer route because I enjoyed soccer as well. Uh, but sometimes I have little regrets. Maybe I should have went the, the, the basketball. Ba- yeah, man, 6'3"? Dang. I think I – think, <laughs> Not bad for a player. Not bad at all, man. You could have <laughs> definitely pulled it off. That's awesome, man. So you're talking to two basketball players. Gabe and I, we played basketball pretty much our whole lives up until senior nice. year of high school. And that's actually how Gabe and I met through playing basketball. Um, so we actually share we all all three of us share something in common Jason that's that Kobe Bryant is one of our favorite players not only because of how good he was on the court but like you said Jason his mindset was just next level it was incredible his stories and his work ethic is really like none other and that's why Gabe and I as basketball players growing up we would always look up to Kobe Bryant and one of my favorite quotes that he said is the moment you give up is the moment you let someone else win uh, and that is just so powerful when you look at it from a business perspective, Jason, right? You're an entrepreneur yourself, 
or from an athletic perspective like Gabe and I were, and even you, Jason, I know you played soccer in high school. Uh, in any sense that you look at it, whenever you give up, you just let the other person win and there's never a good reason to give up. And that's a quote that hopefully I can frame on my wall one day uh, because it's just so powerful. Um, but yeah, awesome. That's a that's a warm-up round. Jason, so you passed with Kobe Bryant. Good oh, answer. No. I hope... Hopefully you didn't. I'm glad you didn't say somebody that we we didn't like. But Kobe Bryant's definitely a respectable, uh, you know, figure to look up to. So Jason, tell us a little bit about your story, how you got started. Uh, you are the CEO of Popple, and I know you have a, a group of you in over there in LA that work on Popple and created it. But tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, so I uh, came down to LA for UCLA. I grew up in Berkeley, California. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys know Berkeley, but it's it's very unique. Uh, definitely an uh, interesting vibe. And um, yeah, I liked it. But L.A. was just kind of it kind of stood out to me as like, OK, this is a really exciting place, a lot of opportunity. So I uh, got into UCLA and it was no brainer for me. So I came down and I was uh, I was computer science at UCLA. So uh, background in software. And um, I finished my degree in 2018. And I basically, you know, I went from a couple of startups and then I went uh, to Boeing, which is, you know, the aerospace company. And I was working uh, still here in L.A. in El Segundo area, which is a little bit south of uh, kind of central L.A. And uh, I was at Boeing for eight months. And, uh, you know, the nine to five, it's a it's a grind and it's uh, definitely an interesting lifestyle. But I, I quickly realized that it wasn't really for me. Um, I was working with very you know impressive and smart people. And nothing wrong with working at Boeing. Um, definitely a lot of pros, but I just really wanted to do, you know, my own thing. So um, I actually came across NFC technology uh, at a party in the Hollywood Hills uh, one day. And um, when I basically discovering it, I kind of had this idea to uh, create a back of the phone tag that you can use to you know, share information with someone else's phone. And that was the uh, birth of Pobble. That's that's so interesting, Jason, because you're you're not the first to be on the Mindset Podcast that has had, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, nine to five or corporate position, but they quickly find out that is not necessarily for them. And we all share this thing in common. And I think it's normal. And obviously, you know, we're lucky to find that passion at a younger age. And it's it's crazy how, you know, we're put in different positions to be able to explore different opportunities. And Obviously, if you weren't at that party and you, you had discovered that NFC technology, we don't even know if we'd be sitting here right now. So it's, it's pretty crazy to think about, but that's really interesting. And why don't you tell our listeners for all of them who don't know, who don't necessarily come from a software engineering background, what is NFC? From what I know, it all it really is, is kind of like that Apple Pay. Like that's kind of like, is it, is it the same technology that people use for the Apple Pay and Google Pay and all those types of things? Yeah, so a good way of describing kind of what Popple does is it's the same technology as Apple Pay, but instead of for payments, you can use it to share anything, uh, you know, any website, any app link. Uh, not necessarily uh, true now because we just added Popple Pay, so you can also do payments. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's essentially the same technology as you would use, you know, using your phone to make payments uh, with a reader. And. Jason, what I want to know is how did you, you, you got the idea and, and what were your next steps? Kind of walk us through that journey from, oh, that's a great idea. Let's get rid of business cards. Let's add like a little, little sticker to the back of our phones that'll take the place of business cards. Okay, that's a great idea. How did you then go and implement it? Did you reach out to friends to help you? Uh, did you have the 
the capital at the time? Or if not, how did you get that capital? Like, what are the steps that you took as an entrepreneur? What are the risks you took to now create such an amazing product that's being sold globally? Absolutely. Great question. So um, at the party, you know, it was actually um, so I came across NFC technology with someone using their NFC business card on my phone. So, you know, someone uh, used their business card and they tapped my phone and it sent this push notification. And uh, it baffled me because, you know, I have this background in tech and software. And I thought I knew everything there was to know about these mobile devices we had. But yet there is this technology that I didn't know about that just sent me data without me having an app or, you know, having a device in their ecosystem. So wow. that was the key, you know, that, that, and that kind of made me like super fascinated with this technology. So after that event, uh, my mind was just racing. And my yeah. first thought was, why do you even need that card? You know, why do you mm. got to take out your wallet, take out a card and then use that? Why not just tap phones? Yeah. You know, your phone's always on you. Uh, phone, right. phone tapping is a behavior that makes sense. So I just was just like, you know what? I wonder if there's a way that I can do this where you just put something on your phone uh, and make it much more intuitive. So I then, you know, did a month or so of research on NFC. And I just, honestly, I became an expert. And um, I ordered a bunch of prototypes to our apartment. Uh, at the time, we were living in Brentwood. And um, eventually, you know, I got these 15 prototypes that showed up. And I found one that worked for the use case. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. So... Uh, to, yeah, to get back into your question, yeah. So then I actually, so I was roommates with Nick Eichens, who is my co-founder, uh, also my best friend from UCLA. And um, so the first thing I did was I was like, Nick, check this out. So I, you know, used the prototype and I tapped his phone and it sent the push notification and then he tapped it and he said, whoa, like he was, you know, super impressed. Uh, he looked at me and he said, let's, let's start a company. And at that point, we, re we really didn't know what we were getting into. But, um, right. you know, me and him just kind of looked at each other and, and we had always talked about doing some kind of venture together because he's my best friend. You know, we got we got along really well. So we thought, you know, what, this is a great opportunity. So we just kind of decided to start this uh, long journey. That's that's really interesting. And honestly, I feel like some of the best businesses are usually formed or created from friendship or relationships. Right. And that's obviously yeah. what right. what happened in this uh, this case. And I think. I'm sure you can you can attest to this, but at least from the research that I've done on Popple and, and the different trends and such, you guys launched at a very, you know, pinnacle time in the social media era, right when TikTok was kind of blowing up or, you know, on its yep. way. How mm -hmm. important was the timing for for this brand to be launched? Because at the end of the day, yeah, your product is great. You know, the NFC technology is super cool. But honestly, me coming from like a marketing background, I think what you're selling your 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 customers are a brand, right? They want to be part of something bigger. They want to be part of this community. So how important was the timing of this launch for your company? Yeah. So uh, this was in, you know, late, late 2019 when I was showing Nick this and we were kind of doing this research. Uh, but then we launched Popple in early 2020 in February. And one of the first things we did to launch it was we, um, you know, we threw up some TikTok videos. And yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, TikTok was just kind of starting off at that time. It wasn't really like a big, you know, thing that it is now. Um, so our, you know, our first thought was, let's just try some videos, see how they do. Um, so we, we, we went to the Apple store and we took a video where we uh, took a popple and we popped every single iPhone in a row 
um, at the Apple Store just to show that, hey, look at all these modern devices. Look at how you don't need an app and look how it works on all of them. Mm. Uh, so it was a very engaging video. And we ended up posting that um, multiple times on our TikTok uh, until mm. it got some traction. So the fourth time we posted mm. it, it actually got, you know, like 20,000 views. And wow. uh, when we, you know, that was with zero followers. So at that time, we were like, you know what, this TikTok thing could be something here. Um, so that was kind of the start of us starting this little TikTok marketing project. And this was early February of 2020. And when you launched February 2020 till today, Jason, what risks or not risks, but what kind of obstacles have you had to overcome? Uh, because to my understanding, there's other brands, other companies that are similar to yours. Um, has that influenced any of your your decision making? How have you gone around them? What makes you different from your competitors? Well, OK, so <laughs> so, yeah, great question. Uh, first off, you know, we, we were the first. We actually invented this back of the phone tag. Um, it did not exist before. Um, we came up with it. So that's, that's always a great, uh, you know, very helpful for your brand to be that first in the space. And so you're kind of the leader and it's much easier to stay as the leader. Um, but on top of that, you know, one of the things we like to say is, so first off, we're, we're really not focused on those other knockoffs and other, other, uh, companies trying to do something similar, um, uh, because we're focused on just, you know, providing the most user, uh, value to our users and to just getting popped in as many hands as possible. And that's what we're focused on. Um, but the biggest differences I'd say are many of those other companies, they don't have an app. We have an app and an entire platform. And that, that app is really what gives you all this additional functionality on top of just the NFC tag itself. You know, anyone can start a, a website and start selling NFC tags. That's fine. That's not that hard right, to do. Right. What's hard to do is creating our app, um, our activation system and our ecosystem um, mm. of like, you know, switching from personal to business mode, uh, connections tab which has everyone that you've ever met with your popple all in one place, uh, the pop map, et cetera. And so we like right. to say, you know, if you want to really look at the differences, uh, download our app, uh, take a look at their uh, offering and you'll see, uh, you'll see it's quite clear. And you know, Jason, what's so interesting, and I had to mention it because Anthony and I both have a popple actually. And it's, nice. it's pretty crazy because that's actually the way we connected and something that I really was impressed by was when I first got it, and by the way, I've gotten tons of questions. People are like, what is that? Is that a sticker? I'm like, no, it's yep. more than a sticker. It's you know, it's basically a digital business card. So I've gotten a ton of questions this far, but something that's really interesting to me, and, and I, I even told you this on the phone when we spoke, was that you, your co-founder, and I think your whole core team kind of have like their info on the app, and it's something that's really cool because you can, it's almost like a contact book where you can keep all the people that you've popped with. And absolutely. You can keep those connections. You can keep those contacts. And I was actually kind of mind blown because when I saw your contact, the co-founder and the CEO, um, I was like, I got to reach out to this guy. Let's see if this number works. I don't even know if it's his real number because <laughs> yeah. oftentimes companies like this, you know, when they, once they get bigger and, and you know, they're these fortune 500 businesses, you know, it, it's, it's almost impossible to, to reach the, the CEO or co-founder. But I was really, really impressed with the, the community that you guys had formed. And just that personal touch, and you even told me over the phone, our most important part of our business isn't necessarily the product or even the app, but it's more it's more of our customers. That's that, that's our most product, our most important asset to our business. And you wanted to keep in touch with those customers as best as you can. And I applaud you for that because I'll tell you right now, there's not too many businesses doing that. Um, but with that being said, 
how has the reaction been from those customers? Have there been people that are upset do, that they get popples that maybe are inactive, that they don't work? What kind of obstacles did you have to overcome on on that end as far as, you know, just just maybe, you know, keeping those customers happy? I'm sure that's always, you know, a, a very tough obstacle to overcome because at the end of the day, you're in the customer service business as bad as you want to you want to deny it. Right. So I'm, I'm really I'm really interested to see what kind of obstacles you faced over the course of uh, of your business. Yeah, great question. So the, there's kind of two major ones I, I, I'll touch on. Uh, the first one was uh, just kind of scaling up our operations. So, you know, we had this TikTok video, right, that hit 80 million views in a number of in like two months. Right. So 80 million views. You know, this is at a time, a very early time in our company in February of 2020 when we launched. So imagine Nick and I, you know, it's just us two at that point. And um, we were getting hundreds of orders from around the world. And we're just kind of in our apartment, just like putting, you know, cards and popples in these envelopes, all doing it manually. And we're just stuffing them into boxes, driving to USPS, dropping them off, coming back. And it was just, it, it was, um, it was exciting. But it was also, you know, you know, quite hard to manage. We we didn't have right. the um, the the infrastructure to kind of handle this mm-hmm. scale yet. So that was the first obstacle. Was like, okay, you know, while we're getting all these orders and all this interest, uh, you know, we need to we need to scale up faster than we're able to. So we actually we were not able to sell poplars at all for two or three weeks in March, um, which was you mm-hmm. know the, the absolute worst thing you want. You know, people want your product, you're not able to sell it. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was frustrating. But you know, eventually. Um, I think it was good for the company uh, in the end because, you know, it really got us to a point where it's like, okay, operations is so important. We need to have everything in place so that when these orders do come in, because they will, um, that we're ready to go to fill all of them. So it really got us to that that point where now, you know, we have multiple warehouses in the U.S., including international distribution. And uh, kudos to Nick, you know, my co-founder and COO. He's done a great job with all the operation stuff. And I just want to give a shout out to him. Um, and then the second kind of struggle, um, kind of obstacle is uh, user education. So, you know, when you come out with a new concept and a new product like Popple, you're going to have people who really just, I don't get it. This thing doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, it, yeah, exactly. It's the two biggest questions. Like, I don't get how to use it and this doesn't work. And, um, you know, this kind of goes to the fact that me putting my, you know, my, my profile in that kind of connections page when everyone signs up, and that's because, you know, while we're at this early stage in our company, if people do have these problems, it is so important to us um, at this early stage to make sure that they have, you know, a great customer service experience uh, and are able to answer all the questions that they have. And so I actually, you know, I love talking to individual customers. I know it's not scalable, but sometimes you got to do things that are not scalable to start. Um, so I think that, you know, that's really crucial to have. And we're working on better user education in the app so that people will, um, you know, understand exactly how to use the product as soon as they activate, as soon as they sign up. Wow, that's fascinating. And, and kudos to you, Jason, and your whole team for scaling this Thank so rapidly. That, that's Thank really you. impressive. And you guys are just starting off. I mean, I can't even believe what's next for you, Jason, and, and for your whole team. But I'm really curious to know, as far as all the experience you have had thus far, what advice would you give someone who wants to start their own business uh, from the ground up? Just how you started, Jason, with Popple. What what would be your advice to them? Yeah, I got two two huge quotes that I really like to mention uh, with questions like this. The first one is, um, 
how do I put this? Basically, the best way to sum this up is don't like don't wait to launch a perfect product. Just launch it because um, that's exactly what mm-hmm. we did. You know, we we yeah. Yeah. we launched a product that was not perfect. Um, and, you know, early on, we were called Ripple before Popple. That was the name of our company, Ripple. Um, okay. And we lo- our first two products were a red and a blue, <laughs> which we now realize are just like two right. relatively low sellers and everyone <laughs> wants their white and black. So, right. but at the time we, you know, we, we drafted up this red and blue. We were really excited about them. Um, and so we launched them and, you know, it wasn't a perfect product, but we did it. And what the key is, you know, you launch your product, you, you're, you're first to market and you're always going to get feedback. You know, you're going to get feedback from your users and you're going to get feedback from your customers. I want this color. I want this color. I don't like this about your product, et cetera. And so we basically, you launch and you iterate instead of waiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, the product's not perfect. It's not perfect. Uh, and then you wait to launch and then, you know what? Someone else does instead. And you actually are, are late to the party. So that's the first one that I have. Um, second one is um, this mindset that you got to live a life that most people just wouldn't live in order to live a life that most people can't live. And uh, to, to expand mm. on that, you know, yeah. right now, I don't really do anything but sit in the same room. This is honestly my day. I sit in the same room all day and I take meetings and I work on Popple. I don't hang out with friends really right now. I don't like go on vacation. Um, I don't go out to lunch. Um, and that's just kind of, you know, this mindset that I have because you have to work this hard in order to then eventually have this lifestyle that looks to people like you kind of like were an overnight success. Uh, people always, it looks like an overnight success because of social media, but you really have this long period of just working really hard. Um, and so that's definitely a great mindset to have if you want to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I, I, I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that because a lot of people claim to be entrepreneurs or they want to be entrepreneurs but they don't necessarily have that mindset that you just mentioned, right? right? They have, you know, they have the little the little tag in their Instagram bio, but that's basically right. it, right? They don't have the grit, they don't have the grind, they don't have the drive to do what you do on a daily basis. And that's honestly, that's necessary. And I, I heard, you know, Mark Cuban once say, one of my favorite entrepreneurs and role models that I look up to for, for various reasons. But one thing that he mentioned to me that stood out to me, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but it goes to you know, show his grit and his drive was the fact that he didn't go on vacation for seven years or something like that. Right. Yep. Sounds about right. Now that, that to me sounds pretty, you know, excessive, but that just goes to show that he was obsessed with his business. He was obsessed with his day to day. And at that point in his life, he just needed to be where he was, where he was. Right. And I'm not saying for all of you guys listening, don't take a vacation for five, 10, 15 <laughs> years. Like that's not, that's obviously not healthy to a certain extent, you know, mental health and, and, you know, burnout is a very real thing. Um, Absolutely. And I feel like we need to be definitely mindful of that. We're not condoning to, you know, stay in your room for days at a time. However, there needs to be a level of obsession with your business. And I've experienced it myself too, where you just, you just need to be in love with the process. Right. And I think you mentioned it earlier where you were at Boeing and you started to realize that that wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do. Was that the turning point for you? Or did you have something earlier, earlier on in life where you're like, mm, I, I could be an entrepreneur or let me go just try this nine to five thing out. I, I want to know, like, when was that turning point for you? Was it at that party when you found out about the NFC technology? 
so it was um you know through college uh my my dream was to come out of you know come out of ucla and basically get a job at facebook or google as a software engineer at, at college that's like the it looks like the dream yeah you know if you come out and you land a job at facebook like you're set for life you're just like you know making all this money yeah. and you're working at this you know huge tech company so it sounds really great and that's what i wanted to do for for basically all my college career um so when i got the position at boeing i saw that kind of as a step it's like okay so i'm working at this big company right um, it, it'll be easier to then transition to a Facebook or a Google. Um, and so that was kind of my thought. So I'll go to Boeing and then I'll, you know, transition to more of a tech company that I enjoy. Um, at Boeing, I, I, you know, got into this uh, routine of this nine to five um, situation. And um, yeah, it just, it got really uh, monotonous. And um, it wasn't, you know, I was working on really interesting things, but it was just, you know, days were kind of blending together and they were very similar. Um, and so I, I then started thinking, you know what, I'm not going to be here for over a year. And I actually told myself that, um, and I kind of manifested that, um, a little bit. And I, so what happened was I would finish Boeing and I would come home and I would just, I would just brainstorm ideas for a company. And I would just Whoa. rack my brain. Like, you know, what is something that people could use? What is something that doesn't exist right now that it'd be really cool to, to build. And as a software engineer, you know, I, I could take that next step and literally build it. I didn't have to hire someone. Mm. I didn't have to hire an engineer. I could just do it myself. So I just kind of mm. was brainstorming every night to try to find something. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm sure you guys know this, but a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurship is, is a little bit of luck, you know? Yeah. And yep. so I kind of had that little piece of luck at this event um, in the Hollywood Hills where I came across this technology that was finally like, mm. Hey, this is a spark. This I can do something with. And then, yeah, mm. that's what happened. Man, you, Jason, you single-handedly killed <laughs> business cards. <laughs> yeah, their business cards are no longer We're working a thing on it. anymore. We're working on yeah, it. Yeah, man, you're working on it. That's awesome, man. And, and you know, I, I often like to ask entrepreneurs like yourself, Jason, give me one of your favorite things about being an entrepreneur and a least favorite thing, your least favorite thing about mm. being an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, I always get different answers and they're all so fascinating. And I'm curious, Jason, you as a young entrepreneur, I think I've asked only older folks in their 40s, 50s, 60s, but you, Jason, what, what would you say is your favorite thing and least favorite thing about entrepreneurship? Yeah. Okay. That one, I got it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to think about this one for a while because that's, that's a, that's a hard, tough question, but I'd say, you know, right off the top of my head, Favorite thing about it is, um, you know, you're working so hard and uh, just, you know, when you get those wins, um, just like, mm. you know, you, you yeah. have this long journey and your journey is just kind of like little stacks. I would describe it as little stacks and each stack yeah. is like a new win. It's like, okay, now we're on the next step, next step, right. next step. Right. Um, one of my favorite wins that I like to highlight is kind of the launch of Popple Pro. So, you know, mm. we have our product that we're selling, which is our hardware, but we also have our in-app subscription. Um, which is great for a business because, you know, you want that monthly recurring revenue and you also want software that people find valuable and will, will pay for. Um, so when we launched Popple Pro, it was just a huge relief and a huge just excitement. And it was a great night. Um, and I had been working on Popple Pro for months. So that was one of my favorite wins. Um, and it's doing quite well for us today. So, you know, those wins along the, the hard working path, um, I'd say are my favorite part. Least favorite part? I'd say least favorite um, is, well, I, you know, sacrificing. I haven't been on a, you know, I love traveling the world. Haven't been on vacation in uh, over a year now. 
Um, I really like, I'm a social guy. I love keeping my network and my connections. I've let a lot of those die. Um, you know, there's just no way around it. Sorry, I cannot hang out this Friday night because working on Bobble. <laughs> some people yeah. get it, some people don't, but right. you know, it is, uh, it's, right. a, it's a double-edged sword, but it's, it's something you got to do. Right. And I'm sure so many people, Jason, a lot of your friends maybe that you've had for a long time are like, dude, Jason, you're crazy, man. You don't want to go out this weekend. And you yeah. say, no, no, what's going on? And they kind of like, you know, they, they kind of leave little by little. They dwindle. Exactly. Um, and that, that, Jason, I think is the hardest part about entrepreneurship. It's a lonely road because most of the people, I would say 99.9% .9 of the people around you don't get it. They just don't understand. They, yep. they don't see the vision, right? You have the vision. You know what Popple can be. You know where you want, where you want it to be. But your friends, some of them, they don't see it. So when you keep saying, no, I can't, no, I can't, I can't go there, maybe later, they, you know, they kind of they leave on their own and then bam, then you're there all alone. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, in my opinion, uh, don't make it because it's a very lonely road and they're not mentally tough. They don't have, again, that mindset that we talk about so often, Jason, that is so true. Of, of persevering and knowing it's going to be a lonely road for now, for now, because guess what? When... When you make it, quote unquote, make it, then everybody wants to be your friend again, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. a funny, it's a entrepreneurship is a funny road, and and it's unfortunate for the people who don't figure it out just yet. And that's what we try to do on this podcast, and by having entrepreneurs and guests like yourself, Jason, to come on here and share your story, share with us like you did that. Hey, it's it's a lonely road. There's people that don't see what you're doing, they don't get it, but you're still going at it each and every day, man. So I applaud you for that. Absolutely. And I'm grateful to have a team around me that is, you know, making it less lonely. If you're a single founder, wow, I it's so much, so much respect for those guys, because that is the definition of like, you're just, you know, working so hard and you don't really have anyone around you also seeing that vision. Uh, so I'm, I'm very grateful to have a team of passionate uh, people around me. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that was, that was actually going to be one of my follow up questions. I want I'm really curious to know, because this has honestly been one of my most challenging stages, if you will, in entrepreneurship. And that's, you know, culture, right? That's creating a team, you know, putting together a community around you, not not your customers, but more so that core team that's going to really, you know, help you in in the high times and the low times. What was that process like for you and your co-founder, like creating that team and and your staff, I'm not sure if you have employees or, or how the dynamic is, but what was that process like of, of finding, vetting all these individuals? Are most of them your friends that kind of just jumped on board or did you have some sort of application process? What was that like? I know for, for, for a fact that there's people out there starting their own business. And I always like to say that, you know, your business starts and ends with the people who live and breathe it each and every day, right? Your employees, your most staff. Men. So how can, from your experience, how can someone, you know, find and, and hire a, a, a different team, a very cultural team that can really stand the dynamic and stand that startup environment? And, and yeah, it's a great question. So I was also, again, a little bit lucky, um, you know, so I happened to come up with this idea uh, while I was living with my best friend and roommate, Nick Eichens, who is also my age. And um, also at the time, you know, Nick, Nick was between jobs. He, um, he was like, you know, also graduated UCLA with me. He was looking at real estate and then was looking at startups. Um, but he, he hadn't really had, you know, he hadn't really settled on anything uh, solid yet. So it was actually just great timing. 
And Nick was able to go full time on Papa before I was able to from Boeing. Um, so Nick was a great pickup. You know, him and I just started it off. And then um, we also we met, you know, Eric Chen, who was our head of B2B. Uh, that was through a UCLA connection. So it was really nice that we were still in the UCLA area. We had all these like minded entrepreneurs around us. Um, and then next up was my brother, Ryan. So Ryan uh, is two years younger than me, uh, also went to UCLA. Very grateful for that. Ryan actually went to school for data scientists, or sorry, data science um, and kind of like human psychology. So he was able to, to then take his skills from college and jump right on Popple as well. Um, and he is our in-house data science, uh, data scientist now. And um, he's doing a great job for us. Very grateful to have him. He has a work ethic that's just as good as mine. And um, so got a little bit lucky there. <laughs> My actual brother, also in the same UCLA area. And then uh, Jeremy Greenfield, who is our third partner uh, with Nick and I, uh, met him through a mutual friend. And he just saw the vision uh, very early on, jumped on as well. Mm. And um, so we had that kind of core team um, of, mm. of guys who were just, you know what, we're all in this together. We're all going to work mm. that really hard, um, you yeah. know, that really hard ethic and mindset. And we all had the same vision. Um, so it was a great core to start with. And uh, from there, just kind of built out. We we weren't actively looking for people at that time, but people um, we just came across, whether it was through partnerships or, um, you know, someone heard about Popo and just reached out and then just started a conversation. It wasn't like we were trying to hire, but it just, you know, conversation started. People heard about us and we just mm. eventually uh, just found people to join the team. And as a great question about culture, you know, the, the more people you come on your team, the more important that culture becomes because, um, you know, you have these, you have this group now and the way that the group talks to each other and communicates and the way that we all work together is very important uh, to growth. And I think one of the, one of the pros and something that I would highly recommend of having an HQ that most of the team lives in is, you know, like after this podcast, I'm going to go downstairs and see six people of our team just sitting down there working hard together and I'm going to be able <laughs> to be it. in the same room and, and, you know, bounce ideas off them. Wow. And so that, that in-person interaction, I, I highly recommend if you're able to, uh, find wow. that. that's incredible, man. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall, Jason, right now in, in the house that you're in right now, just yeah. to see the idea, see how you guys interact with one another. That's amazing. That, and that just goes to show. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. When you're down here in Miami, we'll, we'll treat you to, to some Miami, uh, croquetas, Let's go. Cuban cuisine down here. That sounds amazing. Um, but it's just so incredible, man. And, and it goes to show how important your environment is, right? The, 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 the ideas, what people are talking about, you know, there, I forgot who said it, but when people are talking about people, you're usually an average person. The great people in this world are the people that talk about ideas and how we can grow and how we can scale and, and right. different things that we haven't talked about yet. That's awesome. where greatness happens. That's exactly right. And that, that's what I feel, Jason, that your culture is and that what you are instilling to all of your 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 teammates, your, your core, your family. Uh, so kudos to you on that. And, and back to, to your product scaling. I just think it's as simple as when people hear about a good product, people talk about it. And I think that's what's happening with Popo. It's marketing itself. I know you guys do an incredible job of marketing on TikTok and, and Instagram and all these different places. But I think your best marketing would be Jason, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just that word of mouth telling, telling your friends, Hey, have you tried Popple? No, what's Popple? And then bam, they get hooked on it. Yeah. What's amazing about Popple is that you have, in order to use it, you have to use it with someone else. So <laughs> when you right. Popple, you're naturally selling it. That's right. That's right. Jason, what is the mindset that all of our listeners right now 
listening should leave with. We talked a lot about a lot of different things, environment, the startup world that you live in. What would you say is the mindset that anybody listening to this right now should leave with after listening to this episode? Oh, that's another biggie. Okay, so no pressure, Jason. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. So first off, now I mean, you know, I hope everyone that's listening, you know, understands now that this life is uh, it's a hard one, you know. And uh, if you're not willing to kind of be in this phase that I'm in right now, and you guys are in as well, where you're just kind of, you know, you're kind of putting things aside and working really hard, then you know, stick with the stick with a you know, maybe an entrepreneurship is not for you. You want to make sure that you have what it takes to really just work hard day after day. Um, and so, you know, once you have decided that you do have that, then the next step is, you know, just be curious and proactive and try to find something that interests you. Um, maybe use something that you went to school with and, you know, go off that. Maybe use something that you say you've always thought was really interesting in the world and try to come up with an idea for that. Um, but once you have an idea and once you're on that step, uh, just launch it. Don't wait until the perfect thing. Don't wait. Uh, don't give your excuse. Oh, I'll launch it when this is done. No, 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 no. Just launch it. You don't even know what your customers want yet. Launch it, learn what your customers want, and then iterate. Right. Uh, and then at that, when you're at that point and when you have that vision, you're going to naturally find people around you that also see it too. Uh, so mm. your team will naturally build. And soon enough, you know, you have a, you're on that entrepreneur journey. Yeah, man. And if I could tell you how many times people have come up to me and tell me, oh, man, I have this great idea. This is this, this, and this, but they failed to take action on it. Yeah. I, I, if I had I'm a penny for every time someone told me that, I'd be rich. I'd be a rich man today, bro. Honestly, like it's, yeah. it's really crazy. And the differentiator between you and that other person is the fact that you took action when you had those, uh, the, that great idea. And great ideas will only take you so far. You really need to have that grit and that drive that motivation behind it in order for it to go somewhere, right? Anthony and I always like to say the best motivation is when you don't even need an alarm clock to wake you up in the morning it's because you get up and you love what you do and because you're ready to get after it, right? And I we applaud you for that and, and we're happy to have you on. But before we go, last question is what what does the future of Popo look like? What's the next, you know, two to five to even 10 years maybe of Popo? You guys are a fairly young company are you guys still in uh, the fundraising stage? Are there any new features coming out? What what can people expect? Yeah, so we uh, we closed our round, our seed round, uh, at the end of March. So we just finished the round, and we're actually scaling up the team right now. So uh, hiring more people, uh, bringing more people on. Um, I would say you know next couple of years. Right now, we're very focused on individuals and becoming the digital business card for an individual. Um, but we have, you know, Popple Enterprise coming out, which is our new uh, team level enterprise dashboard, um, which is basically to think about this. Instead of a single Popple on a single person's phone, you're now managing multiple Popples across the team. Um, so we're very focused on building the next tool for enterprise as well as the individ individual. So I would say, you know, be on the lookout for uh, Popple Enterprise taking over teams in the next year or so. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that's definitely great Thank news. You. And for people that after this episode, if you go ahead and buy business cards and you're, you're as, as good as gone because business cards are dead. <laughs> and as you can see from this episode, Popple is taking over. And if you ever see someone with that little, little sticker behind their phone, it's because it's, it's a pop one. They're, they're moving into the future, man. So Jason, Absolutely. I appreciate your time. 
we thank you for all you're doing. We really think that you're you're shaping the future, and especially in this last year, the craziness that we've all gone through. It's it's really, you know, exciting to see encouraging stories like yours and and Popple's, and to see the future and to see what the future for Popple holds is really really encouraging. We can't wait. We're in your corner. But before we go, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you, your personal IG, LinkedIn. Where can they buy a Popple? Uh, what can what can they do? Absolutely. So my personal um, social media at Jason Alco, that's A-L-C-O. Um, that's both Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and then in terms of buying a Popple, we got Popples all over the place. You can go to Popple.co. You can go to Amazon. You can go to Target.com. You can go to Walmart.com. Um, and then also we'll be in stores later this year. So um, be on the lookout for that. Nice. Awesome, Jason. Thank you so much. And for all of our listeners, uh, hearing this today, we have a special discount code for you to go buy your Popple, and that is the code MINDSET for 20% off. So nice. just go ahead, click the link in the in the show notes, click the link in our bio. We'll share it on social media. Be sure to get on this trend. It's, it's not going to be a trend for much longer. This is the future we're talking about. So get it while it's still here. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you. Yeah, Anthony Gabriel. Thank you guys. I love uh, I love the whole um, kind of uh, mindset behind this uh, mindset podcast. I think that you guys are doing a great thing, um, helping entrepreneurs, and I, I'm very grateful that you guys had me on. Appreciate it, Jason. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mindset Podcast. We hope you got a lot of value from listening to our conversation with the CEO of Popple, Jason. For your next Popple, make sure to visit popple.co to get 20% off your purchase by using the code MINDSET in all caps. Before we go, I want to go ahead and remind you all that we were having our first ever mindset meetup networking event this tuesday july 27th at 6 30 p.m if you're interested in going be sure to rsvp with the link in our show notes you can also check it out on our social media pages you can find out all the info we would love to see you with that being said have an amazing week mindset out